The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome everyone to Intuitive Connection. I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so excited to be here with today's guest, Angela, who is here for an intuitive reading. Angela, hello, welcome. Hello, I'm really excited about being here. I'm excited too. And Angela, I chose you among all the people that were asking for the readings on the show because you had a question that we haven't covered yet before and it was pretty unique. And I think your situation is unique, but also something that a lot of my listeners will resonate with. So can you tell me a little bit more about what you'd like guidance on today? Well, I have found myself in a little bit of a financial rut based on decisions that I made to quit my (laughs) well-paying job and try and follow my heart and follow what I believe is my soul mission on earth. And it's taken a little bit longer for me to bring things to fruition. And my question is really around when is my financial woes going to ease or is the end in sight? Okay, perfect. So much information is coming through for you. So I'm so excited that you signed up for this little adventure. The first thing that comes through is this, and I'm just going to tune in because I want to get it from the guide's words and not my own. You think that you've made a decision that's sort of an irrevocable step. And like, I closed one door, I opened another, and now I'm standing at the end of the abyss. But the first thing the guides want you to know, not necessarily because you need to do this, but because it will bring you great comfort the door behind you is not closed. Hmm. And so if you find at any point in your journey that you need to make money again from another source, you could easily find another job and very, very, very quickly recreate what you created before with that stream of income. Okay. Okay? And the guides really need you to know and remember that. You know that in your head, but emotionally, like you really feel like I closed that door, I locked it, I bolted it, I put a bunch of guards in front of it, and I can't open it again, but you absolutely could. And it would not have anything to do with the success or failure of your book. In fact, exploring other streams of income could, and I'm not, this isn't a suggestion because the guides have a lot to say today, but just, they actually could free you up to relax a little bit and let your book do its own thing, knowing Mm -hmm. that you can refill that pot in other places while your book is doing what it needs to do. Okay. Okay. So that's the first thing. The other thing that they're saying, and this is pretty specific to you, is I don't know what you did before, but if you did it in a way that was lucrative, but not stimulating, not soul filling, maybe like difficult pressure, difficult people, 
you could also revise how you did it. You have belief systems that that thing that you did can only be done a certain way, but you could easily manifest a different company, a different place, freelance work. There's lots of ways that you could use that previous stream of income that you had to Mm -hmm. fill the pot now so that you feel a little bit safer and more secure without giving up your dream of being an author. Okay. Okay. So that's the first thing I want you to know. It's not an either or it never has been, but to a certain extent for you to like take the steps that you did to get this book done, you really needed to believe it was an either or, because I don't think you could have written the books and done the work that you've done while you were in that job. No. But if at any point you feel like you need to go back to that job or something along those lines to have a deeper sense of financial security, that option is available to you. It's not necessary. It's not the only one, but it's one of the choices that's being laid out in front of you. And it would not mean that you or your book was a failure. You would just simply look at this as a hiatus that you took so you could fulfill a dream. And then while you're waiting for the dream to launch, you're just recouping your your bank account. Okay? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And again, I don't know what your industry was or what you did, but the guys are showing me freelance work. They're showing me consultants. So they're showing me different ways that you could make money, another stream of income related to what you did before that you know would just be a little bit word that comes through is safer for you than just putting it all on the book. Okay. Okay. The other sense is that there's a sense in which, you know, though, you know, this book can be wildly successful, though you believe in it, though you've put your heart into it and I can look at it and it's quite lovely. And I do hope that it reaches lots of people because it's so sweet, but sometimes we can strangle the life out of our dreams when we put, you know, too much attachment onto them. So if, you know, this is your, supposed to be your life boat but also a vessel that's meant to go off into the sea. Mm -hmm. Clinging onto it for dear life could be holding it back. Wow, that's really insightful. Wow. So whatever steps you can take to open your hands and really release it and know that your job is done, you've created this thing, you're releasing it out there, it'll do what it will do. It's not who you are. It's something that you had to accomplish in this lifetime and you did and you created a beautiful thing. And honestly even if it never went a moment further than this, you still would have done what you set out to do. And I want Mm -hmm. you to feel into that because it's really important. Human beings often think the outcome is what matters in terms of dollars and cents. But for you, creating this was the biggest part of the journey. That's really... So my heart is so much for children and my books are for children. And I remember in February... I was crying because I had only sold 26 books and it wasn't about me making money. It was, I'm not reaching enough kids. I'm not helping enough kids. That's my mission to serve kids. And I was really stuck in this deep sadness over not fulfilling my mission because I wasn't reaching kids. But what you're just saying is the fact that I wrote the books is my mission. I think it's a big part. I think the courage it took to do what you did, because for you, that took a lot of courage. And looking at a lot of conditioning and a lot of stuff in the face and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pursue this dream. And also the process of writing them has been tremendous for you. It's been great growth and healing and the Mm -hmm. people that you've met on your way. So I don't think you even know where the gifts of this book are going to take you and bring you. 
But by focusing on the one outcome of selling this many books and having a bestseller, it's almost like, again, you're strangling that project because we don't know where it's going to be, right? When I started this podcast and I still don't know, I love it when people listen, please keep listening. And if you like it, leave us a, you know, a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends it's great. Like our friend today, I want to get the message out there, but I also know that when something feels divinely inspired and you follow it, you don't necessarily know where it's going and you don't really have to worry about the end path, the end product, right? Look at life as a series of choices, a series of experiences. And the more we tune into the ones that our soul is nudging us to do, the more we can really experience greatness in life. But if we hold on to this idea that if I do the right things, the right things will happen, we're limiting ourselves. Does that make sense? That makes sense total sense. And you're describing the energy that I had been carrying. You know, it's like, I'm doing everything my soul wants me to do. (laughs) I'm, I'm writing these books. I'm paying all kinds of money to get them out there. And, you know, and I felt unsupported, but I know that that was an illusion of separation. You know, and the feeling of unsupported is part of what's going on here. And, you know, hopefully this is okay to share. Mm -hmm. But what I see is, you know, a lot of pain went into doing this. It was a big step forward for you. I think you've played it safe for most of your life. And I think you've played by the rules most of your life. And the rules are what your family thought was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think this is someone who doesn't understand your magic or vision and never has, Mm -mm. is not forthcoming with approval no matter what you do. And, you know, is one of those people that sometimes gives the message that if you don't do exactly what I want to do, you will fail and you will deserve it. You know, the way I look at my parents, my dad was an alcoholic, raging alcoholic, very abusive. And I had lots and lots of trauma resulting from him. I think of my mom as an angel. Okay. And she's very caught up in the Catholic hierarchy. And so she does have a little bit of that energy that you're speaking with, but she is actually very supportive of me and sees me as successful no matter what I do. That's beautiful. Yeah. But I know that what I learned from my father and he sexually abused me. He physically and emotionally abused us. He threatened us kids that he was going to kill our mother and had a knife in his hand. She was asleep on the couch. He wasn't threatening her. He was threatening us. And I know at this point in my life that he was fulfilling a role It wasn't an easy role for him to experience, but he was fulfilling a role that we had all agreed on as souls before we came to earth, that we were going to act out this drama. What I learned from him is what caused pain in the rest of my life because I learned to repress anger. He was angry. I wasn't going to be like him. And that repression of anger led me into an emotionally abusive marriage. Got it. So I want to kind of tune into all you say and get what the guides have to say. And and I do see your mother as a lovely human being, but I do think there's a family culture of fear 
Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's part of what's holding this book back for you. You know, and again, take what resonates because you you know your life better than I do for <laughs> sure. And I would never say that you don't. Um, is your dad still living? No. Okay. I didn't think so. Yeah. He is, he's lovely in spirit form. He's really lovely in spirit form. He's telling me he was very lost as a human being. He was very lost. He was very confused. He was very angry. He was very hurt. And he could only operate from that programming. Mm-hmm. So there, he's telling there wasn't much more to me than, you know, a raw nerve that was activated all the time. And that's how I felt. And that's what you saw. That's what you experienced. He's also telling me that in that particular personality, um, and the guys are showing me this too, less than him, he saw everyone as a extension of his own unworthiness or worthlessness. Okay. He felt worthless inside. And that meant that everything around him and everyone connected to him was also worthless. And he was darn well going to make sure you all knew that. Okay. Because that's how we felt inside all the time. And the whole world was like that. Does that make sense? It makes plenty of sense. Okay. And so what I would say for you, and you've already done some of this work, I can see that the antidote to that too, is to just keep reminding yourself of your worth and value and remember your worth and value. He also had dreams that were not manifested in his life. A lot of them mm-hmm. and thwarted is the word that here the guides are using thwarted dreams. And he didn't realize at the time in his body that he was thwarting them all with his behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he didn't yes. realize that he was constantly irresponsible and pissing people off. And that's why he was getting the response from the world that he was getting because he didn't have sufficient awareness to understand what he was putting out, just what he was getting back. But he was deeply frustrated from early, early on. I don't know if he was like an athlete or something. I feel like there was a touchstone moment in his teens where something happened where Mm -hmm. the path that he thought he was going to be on was in his mind taken away from him. And he never forgave the people involved and he never got over it. And, you know, he was probably unraveling before that, but that was when he really plunged, you know, to the depth and he never came back. And he said he had no interest in coming back. And he said he was not a particularly spiritually awoke or aware person, though Mm -hmm. sometimes he might pretend like he was. He was just someone that, you know, that nerve was so loud that that was the only tone he could play. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And I have nothing but understanding and forgiveness for his part. Because I believe that as souls, we make choices and we choose into experiences and that my soul chose to be in that situation so that I could learn and grow and spiritually evolve to the point where I could write these books. Your brain knows that. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing because many brains do not, but your heart and your inner child, not as much. So please attend to her and be kind to her and let her know your dad is right there. And like I said, in spirit form, he's very supportive of you. He's not the oldest soul that I've ever encountered with, but he is very neutral and loving and he wants to see you succeed for a couple of reasons, one of which is going to help him like in the higher sense, right? Because he knows that he's given this burden to you and he's very curious to know how you're going to unravel it because that's going to help him in future incarnations as well. So not to put that responsibility on you, but, you know, be kind to the inner child because the inner child still believes everything daddy told her about herself. Mm. And again, we can help her 
reframe that, but we have to let her have her feelings and her beliefs. And so you as the wise person that understands that dad was just playing a role and that he was doing the best that he could do from his limited experience. And I'm so glad you understand that. You also have to spend some time letting her know it's all safe and okay. And you're going to help her through this and it's, she's all right. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's what I teach in my books, basically. (laughs) Perfection. Yeah. They're beautiful. We must feel all our feelings. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And kids need to know that. And kids need to know they're safe too, even when the world doesn't feel so safe on the outside, right? And that's what your fiction I can see will do for them. It will give them that safe and comfortable haven within no matter what's going on without. And I love that about them. They're beautiful. Mm, Thank you. And I also see that many uh, readers will find themselves in those books, which is also wonderful. And I would also say that their youth or young adult books, they may at some point also reach adult audiences as well. So keep in mind. Now, the guides are actually shifting gears, which is really interesting and giving you some very specific information for the marketing and publishing of those books. So we're going to look at that. Okay. One thing that they're saying is the visuals, you've put a lot into the visuals in the book. And so if you can do things without spending too much more money, and maybe you've already done this, where, you know, put snippets on YouTube with the visuals, with the imagery, things like that. I think that that would really help get the message out there. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So even if they're just like still shots of the pages with some of the writing or someone dictating, I just feel like using that will be really helpful to sort of get the word and energy and attention towards your book. And then the other piece that came to my mind before, and it's coming to my mind again, I don't know if you're aware of Tosha Silver's work. She has a book called Outrageous Openness. She has a money book that's fabulous. And she's all about spiritual surrender and letting go, which I think is such an important piece of this journey that so many of us are on, right? Mm -hmm. Our brain wants to figure out how to make everything happen, but your soul has a plan. Mm-hmm. And when you can surrender to that, sometimes, you know, what you think you want is like nothing compared to what your soul wants to bring into your world. And so she really teaches a lot about that, but she's also a published author and, you know, quite a successful one at that. And when she, she talks about when she published that first book for her, it was an exercise in letting go. It was like the universe said, you're going to write a book on surrender. Well, you better let go. And she had a lot of experiences, you know, between when that book took off and when she wrote it, that really teached her to open her palms and let go Mm -hmm. and let go of the dream and let the book take on and do what it wants to do and let the universe use her work, her book, right? How it sees fit rather than trying to micromanage it with her small self or mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And as I say that your whole energy lights up and you're like, that's what I want to do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've written blog posts on surrender and (laughs) and I know that my soul has this all figured out and that all I have to do is take the action, the divine action that my soul wants me to take. And there's this little piece of me that keeps saying, but, but, but. I need to pay my bills. I need to. Yes, absolutely. 
So a couple of things are coming through on that because it's really important. And again, sometimes we don't always hear the messages just right either. I do believe, but you can tell me if I'm wrong, you have a bit of a program going that sort of says, I need to give, 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 give to get back. And a lot of times what that's looked like for you is overgiving. Mm -hmm. So I think the money that you've spent on this is sort of a symptom of that. Mm. right? If I just keep doing more, if I just keep putting more out there, if I just, and money is a very powerful metaphor for where we put our energy because that's all money is, right? And again, I'm not against friends spending money on a dream. I think that's amazing, but we always want to be aware of what our programming is so we can tune into that. And so I think for you, it might be great, again, to recognize what you've already created, know what you've already created is, is a success no matter what happens, I once wrote a novel, like I have 120, however many words you need for a novel. I think it's like 80,000, 100,000, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of words. Yeah, 90,000. It is a lot of words. Right? I have that. When I finished it, I realized the writing of it was what I needed to do. Right? And, you know, who knows, maybe it'll be published someday. I truly doubt it because the energy that created that is not the energy that I'm vibing at now. But again, I don't know like what you know, I know I gained from that process a sense of I had young kids and it was a place I could go and do my own thing. I know that I gained some writing skills. I know that I worked through a lot of emotional stuff. So again, I don't necessarily think there's a parallel between what I did and what you did, but some people could say, wow, you spent three years and 120,000 words and you didn't publish it. What's wrong with you? You failed. And I don't look at it as a failure at all. No, it was just an experience. And I don't know where and if the effort that I put in will come to fruition. But again, in my mind will tell me what that fruition should look like. But my soul knows best. Yeah. And sometimes we do end up down a dead end path. And that's okay too, because when we hit that wall, we look at it and we go, okay, so I've gone as far as I can go in this direction. Let me turn around and explore something else. Right. And when we look at life as a constant source of feedback and information, rather than assigning value to everything that happens. And again, when we assign value, what we're really doing is saying, I'm good or bad based on what happens to me, based on what I create, based on how much money I have in the bank, based on how well my book does, based on how many people tune into my podcast. Right. And none of that's really relevant when we're on the level of soul. Your soul is just fascinated that you're here you know, giving it the old college try and just showing up and waking up every day. Oh my God, that is to be human and to wake up every morning and to take on this adventure anew. That alone <laughs> is a magnificent accomplishment for real. Especially in these times. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, truly. So I'd like for you to practice letting go of this book. Okay. Opening your hands, letting go. I'd also like you to become a little bit more aware, you're aware. Yeah. Like literally opening your palms. Y'all can't see it, but you know, whenever <laughs> you think about the book and you get nervous and you get, just imagine opening your hands and offering that book and offering everything that you put into that book back out there to the universe and the universe will figure out how to use it and how to use you. Mm -hmm. That'll also help you release some of the emotional ties and wounding that are intertwined with that book right? These feelings of maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I shouldn't go off and do this really risky thing. Maybe, you know, I'm not worth this. Maybe this was a silly mistake. Any of those kind of things, you're releasing those too, because maybe it was, but who cares, right? Because we learn as we do here on earth. I'm not saying it was, I'm just saying that will help you. I do think that you're in a little bit of a holding period now. 
where this thing is created and you're trying to throw more energy at it, I would really pull back and wait. I would say for the most part, you've done what you needed to do. And like I said, there might be a few more little things you can do to keep yourself busy that might keep the energy alive, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. keep giving to this project as if, you know, that's going to make it happen. I would look at it as mostly done. I would pull my energy back, release it. And then I would think about what you'd like to do now, what you'd like to do next, and what will help you feel good in the present moment, knowing that that's done and that you took an amazing, it's just an amazing step to quit your job and write this book and look at it like a sabbatical if you decide to go back, but you might not even need to go back because I think there are things you learned from doing this that you could also share with others. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that might be a whole nother income stream that you haven't even thought about. Yeah. Even the surrender part could be exactly a, a big piece of it. But yeah, Whew. this has been quite revealing. And, you know, you started off talking about basically there's no shame in going back and getting a day job. And that I had viewed as a shameful, I'm a failure. I can't make it as a writer. I, you know, just pile it on. And that's the feelings I had about getting a job. And for the next six months, it might be a good idea to take a temporary assignment just to relieve the financial pressure. Know that I don't need to continue sinking money into it, that I've put enough in and trust the universe, trust creator, trust my angels. Yeah. And trust yourself to know that I really do believe that writing this book was a wise decision and that you grew and gained so much from it. You haven't even learned everything that you've gained from it. And now you're just taking a step back. And I think that a lot has been stirred up. A lot has been revealed to you through this process. And I think this will give you a chance to sort of process that while you let that book do her own thing. Yeah. It's interesting because I took a class to do a TED Talk. And in the writing of the script for the TED Talk, which illustrates some of my father's behavior and how his escaping his feelings led to my repressing my feelings and how through my book, I teach children to face all their feelings because when you try to escape or repress, those feelings never leave. They're always there. (laughs) And that's why alcoholism or drug abuse is the thing that it is because it's constantly needing to escape those feelings. And so even in the act of writing that script, it was a healing process. I had to face feelings from my childhood that I never wanted to face as a child. And in doing that, there is some freedom. Absolutely. And your dad would like you to know that he believes in you and he believes in your book. He is still in the process of unraveling a lot of the harm he caused in his physical incarnation because it was pretty bad, not just, to, I mean, to everyone. So he is still in the healing process. Mm. He has not achieved wise soul dumb at the moment, but he and his guides want you to know that 
take any steps that you did to write the book are helpful for you, but they're also helpful for your whole family line and lineage. So stay with that and stay with this as a healing process, as a growing process. Let go of the outcome and know that you are exactly where you need to be mm. and that you are loved. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest. Is there anything else? I think we got a lot through today, but I want to make sure. Is there any anything else? You know, the, the thing is the guides, like you said at the beginning, <laughs> they just told me what I already know in my heart. I just need to get my head on board. <laughs> I love it. And that's exactly, exactly how it's supposed to work. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. You are a delightful soul and it's been just an honor to share with you today. Uh, thank you, Victoria. I am so appreciative because once again, what you did was just illuminated what my heart knows. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how I'm supposed to pay attention. <laughs> Absolutely. And friends, if you're intrigued about the books, you look in the show notes because I have been given permission to put those there so you can find her beautiful series of books. And Angela, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Victoria, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks for everyone for tuning in and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.